This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys who just want you to know that Kent Huskins is ready for clutch time. Hey guys, this is... We almost didn't start this one because Craig and I, we had it out. We had it out before the show. We got mad. I threw my headphones. And we were talking about Jason's cheesesteak list of BSH. You know, we're talking about Jason's cheesesteak list. And Craig just has, I agreed with Jason. I thought that, you know, John's and Sandro's, some of the best steaks in the city. Absolutely. But Craig here just doesn't agree with that. And I can't abide that. And my headphones are going to have to be the ones to pay. All right, well, look. That's what you do when you disagree with someone. You throw your headphones in a disgusted, disgusted fashion. All right, so first of all, you're right about that. You always chuck the headphones, first and foremost, in any situation. Don't try and reason it out. Secondly, I was trying to explain my ranking to the layperson, right? so you may not understand it. Uh, I don't really care what Jason's rankings were. I'm just saying that take out the steakums, heat them up a little bit, put it on some white bread, a little bit of mustard, a little bit of mayo, throw some relish on that bad boy, uh, and then cut it up triangle fashion like you would a grilled cheese. I think that's the best cheesesteak out there. If you don't like it, sue me. All right? It turns out Gino's actually already suing you. <laughs> oh, they are? Yeah. And he'd like you to speak English. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, I, that's why I've always been a Pat's guy, you know? And again, as we've said, it only comes down to Pat's and Gino's. Everybody knows it. Every true Philly, Philly native just loves those two. The only options. The only options. I mean, yeah, when people ask, you know, Pats or Genos, that's the only answer people from Philly are going to give. It's the only two. Sadly, Craig, this is not the first time I have heard the mustard and mayo suggestion for a cheesesteak. Oh, God, what? I, okay, so I was walking around in Old City, and there was a guy by a food truck who asked for a cheesesteak with mustard and mayo, and I, I almost stopped and screamed at him. I couldn't believe it. Like I, I was walking with one of my work buddies and I, I just turned to my work buddy. I'm like, did you hear that shit? Is that for real? Do they work with us? Can we fire him? What is that? Let's hire and fire that man for his poor cheesesteak opinion. That is a, I mean, see, that doesn't even sound appealing. It sounds just like, it sounds weird. Bad. Like, it doesn't yeah. even sound wrong. It just sounds weird and bad. Yeah. Like it is obviously wrong and sounds wrong, but like, it, it's just like, why? I again, and I would like to reiterate, as I'll bring up probably like the fourth or fifth time on this podcast, I had not to brag, a cream cheese steak, like right before we all were put in quarantine. That may, you know, that's the last exciting thing I did before we all had to stay at home. So that I don't know how that. I mean, you just got your people. Netflix back, so that's how your <laughs> I, excitement level. Yeah, is. I was gonna say. So I'll probably stop thinking about it less because now I can watch the Netflix. Finally watched the Tiger King. I, I'm with everybody. I think Carol Baskin definitely killed her husband. I don't think there's any. You can doubt. finally meet Joe Exotic. <laughs> finally meet Joe Exotic. Do the whole thing. I mean, so, uh, but yeah, I see the. But cream cheese on a cheesesteak, at least to me, sounds 
somewhat appealing. Like mustard, it sounds like an adventure at least. Yeah, like mustard sounds like an adventure. I don't want any part of. Like that it, sounds. This just sounds like you got a sandwich order mixed up. Yeah, I. Oh man, did you? I, I, you were walking by. I mean, didn't see him actually hit it. You didn't make sure. It wasn't I, I think he joke. actually. I I think I heard a tweet. Like I think I heard him make a a decision about taking one thing off. Before he left, really so fucking up was the mayo. I don't know which one's the. I I and I have trouble deciding which one would be worse because they're both really bad decisions for a cheesesteak. They're, cheese they, steak. Yeah, they're I mean, not good. Yeah, they're they're both really bad for cheesesteaks. But like, I don't know which one would actually be worse on it because they both sound atrocious. Now, I believe I've had mayo on burgers before. That's a thing. See, I, I think people have had mayo on cheesesteaks when they get the the cheesesteak hoagie. Yeah, but which I also just. No thanks. Oh yeah, no. But, you you know, some people really love the cheesesteak hoagie, but I'm, it's not for me. Yeah. It's not for me. I, it's a little, yeah, it's a little, it's a little much for There's me. A, but... That's too much going on. Just uh, give me my meat and cheese. Call it a day. Maybe some onion. I, I, I'm not a big onion guy, but you know, that's that's preach. the free wreck for a lot of people. Yeah, church right now. I hear you. But I, I think, but so my argument was that, uh, or my stance was just, I, I think mayo on a cheesesteak isn't weird, like otherworldly weird. Like mustard on a cheesesteak feels weird. Like. I right. don't know what that person could be thinking. I don't know what drove that person to say that. Like, I don't know who hurt them or, like, what happened in their past, but, like, that's a fucking weird choice. In my opinion. In Just your most that. humble, humble opinion. Yeah, but also a free country. Do whatever you want. If you want to be that weird of putting mustard on their cheesesteak, knock, knock yourselves out. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm just saying. I'm making that stance right now on this podcast. I'm not doing it. Not going to do it. But uh, that's a weird. So look out for the weird guy in Philly is what you're saying. Yeah, look out for the weird guy. Well, right now, I mean, the streets are so empty that the the weird guy can probably be more easily identifiable. I I actually, I ventured out this week. I ventured out. Uh, I haven't been out very much during the quarantine. I'm the guy who's actually quarantining himself and not venturing out in the world very often unless I absolutely have to. But I absolutely had to the other day. I had to, I'm uh, changing jobs soon, and I had to go into my office and clear out my desk. So I did that earlier this week on Wednesday. And I went in and I have this little like filing cabinet drawer that I can lock and keep stuff in. And usually I have like some, some snacks in there, some nuts, stuff like that, some oatmeals. And I opened up this drawer and I haven't been in my office in two months. So I was just like, okay, I open it up and there's a bunch of weird shit everywhere. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. Did, Did like, is this sawdust or, and then I noticed all the black spots it looks like our friend the rat, or a relative of our friend the rat, visited my desk <laughs> soon to be former job. Oh, nice. There was mouse shit oh. everywhere. Everywhere. Oh, it was God. truly... I thought I was going to be in and out in ten minutes. Like, I thought this was going to be a real simple, you know, just grab my stuff and call it a day. Yeah. And instead I was in there like sorting through shit, cleaning everything that I could. Like I left a lot to the facilities team, but like, you know, I, the stuff I want to keep, I'm going to have to like clean up. And yeah. like, I trashed a lot of stuff and it just sucked. Yeah. But so the mouse that got in our friend, the mouse, or I guess our friend's cousin, whatever. Yeah. It apparently really wanted I had a bag of wasabi almonds in my desk. Uh, that sounds like a fucking rat. Yeah, that sounds like so something, yeah. it burrowed, it tore right into the side of this bag and ate every nut in the bag. What a fucking monster. Every wasabi <laughs> almond. Well, every last one. Every last one. But yeah, because I really wanted some at that point. But 
it's just it's just shocking. You see it, you're like, holy shit! <laughs> Pictured you like pick out the bag. You're like, did he he finish that off? I finished it off. All right. And it's still the driving. anchor. It's the anchor man scene where he's like, I'm I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. <laughs> and here you were just going through your office. You're like, there's no way a rat's eating all my stuff and shit in my drawer. And then little did you know, turns out that's exactly what happened. It was it was something else. I just was completely shocked. And it's yeah, that's... when you work in the city, like stuff like that does happen, or really any office. Like just there's plenty of room for you know like little mouses, <clears throat> mice and such. Mouses, come on, mice <laughs> and such to to survive and and get into stuff every now and then. But it's just shocking when you open your drawer and you see all that. It's all like, there. Oh no, no. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Well, I mean, I guess. Uh, I mean, I got nothing. That's pretty fucking ridiculous. <laughs> That's pretty crazy that uh, that it happened, but at least you're not going to be looking at that desk anymore, my friend. That's true. That's it sounds like true. that's the moral of the story. So just leave it, leave grab it to the my, rat. Grab my Gagne bobblehead and call it a day. Fuck yeah! Yeah, see, then it took away that. It took away the uh, the stuff that doesn't matter, like your wasabi almond nuts and your uh, yeah, all that stuff, all the good stuff. What else did you have there? What else? What else candy did you lose there? R.I.P. the candy. Uh, I. Or stuff, not I, out, food. Yeah, I think I threw out some like oatmeal packets and like. Oh, so you had a lot of the good maybe stuff. like, you know, just like little things, like nothing crazy, like an, a soup. Yeah, I probably didn't have to. <laughs> Very office, for but the it was food. like a, it was an old soup, so <laughs> big deal. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing that valuable, and you better believe I kept the Gagne bobblehead. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's all the the triplets just go down there, fight off the rats, and get the Gagne bobblehead. So, in my that's eyes, mission accomplished. And so. uh, fun fact about that Gagne bobblehead: I didn't get that at a game promotion or anything. It clearly was a game promotion at some point, but I didn't buy it. Like, you, you ever see one of those like overpriced bobbleheads when you go into Models or something like oh, that? Oh yeah, yeah. Like it's thirty dollar Bryce Harper Bob. No, it's not one of those. Like it was clearly a game giveaway at some point. But I went into at some Delco Mall. I went into this like auction store, which was such an odd thing. And I saw the Gagne bobblehead for like three bucks, and I'm like, let's put a bid in. <laughs> and you won and with three dollars. I won with three dollars. Oh I fuck guess it! Nobody man. else bid, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna get this old ass Kanye bobblehead." Like, you knew it was especially old because it was like the 2003 black jersey. Oh man, that makes it even better though. Oh hell yeah! That makes that trip to the office definitely worth it because that was the only oh, thing yeah. you're doing down there. Yeah, so that was it's like I, I think I had a Kanye and I had a Ryan Howard one. Was I don't remember? I was gonna make a Philly joke, but I forgot. Mainly Philly's listeners here. I was gonna say, was it him on that swing in 2011? Is that too soon? Are we fine? He has won a World Series. Whatever. Who the fuck cares? Like this. I mean, like, <laughs> it's all good. I forget if I put. I, I, I forget if I put Craig's Orioles misery on the fly purpley bingo card. Sure <laughs> if it's you not on there, I'll have to put it on there. That's. I'm gonna be talking about it. Uh, you know, not to not to plug my own stuff right now, but it is. Uh, the moments that sports made you cry week at SB Nation. And I was going to write an article for tomorrow pretty much saying, like, Flyers in there maybe do it. The Eagles have. And then I was going to talk about how the Orioles came pretty close, too, in 2012. Because uh, me and my brother went to game two of the 2012 uh, ALDS. So we saw uh, the Orioles beat the Yankees in the playoff game. And as an Orioles fan who has never seen the Orioles do anything, that was a pretty big life accomplishment. So that is the closest of probably, you know, the next year was probably the closest they ever came to winning it all. So that was uh, 
But the Flyers haven't done them yet, so I was going to write about how they need to win a championship, and then I'll cry about them. So that was uh, – but, yeah, the Orioles suck. I mean, uh, you guys know that. And you, you also – the yeah, so I stand by my Howard joke. It's fine. He's fine. He's recovered. Well, on, don't, don't bring that up to me. That was nah, a traumatizing moment in my life. And I, Ryan Howard, one of my favorite players, watching him mash dingers, that's – He could mash all about, dingers, man. yeah. He was pretty good at it. He wasn't he was bad. very good at that. He was very good at that. But, you know, on the note of the Flyers winning a championship, uh, the NHL has actually going to move forward. Oh, baby. With the 2014 proposal. And – you know, this would, of course, be the year that if the Flyers are going to do it, it's going to be a weird year like this where people can actually question the legitimacy. of <laughs> You know, it's a it's a thing. I think you and I have pretty much been like, you know, this is going to be a dumb playoff format. Like, I don't think we really argued against whether or not we want hockey to come back. It's just a thing. I really legitimately can't. I don't know if it's going to come back. I'm kind of here for it. I want to watch it. I'm kind of here for it. No, I'm kind of here for it because it's weird and I like weird. Like, I'm all in on the weirdness. But my thing is, I really just like the playoffs so much more than the regular season. Like, I'm one of those advocates of reducing the regular season and just getting straight to the the good stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm fine with that. And I'm fine. And I really, I mean, the idea of just watching, again, just every single weekday like four straight hockey games from noon until midnight i'm i'm here for it that's what i want to do my thing's always been again we're talking about leagues that fucked up perfectly fine season what was why could they have not played a single game during the 2004-05 season and they somehow fucked that up and here we are they have to come overcome all of these obstacles i i still question whether or not it's going to ultimately happen cuz even now we're like with the plan laid out and they're ahead of the nba or even a um i think like an nfl plan in case things you know happen there at that point in the season or at that point I feel like the they're in front of even baseball at this point yeah no even yeah even baseball is kind of but so even with them being ahead of other leagues the third phase the phase where they actually get the training camp and start moving towards actually playing the season is still the earliest going to be july 10th so again we're talking about all these things and we're still pretty much a, a little over a month, month and a half about, from actually being put to the test whether or not this is going to work. So I want it to happen. I'm just, you know, I'm typical Craig. I'm a little cautious. I'm not going to get too excited yet. But I'll, I'll watch the Flyers win some bullshit cup if it means uh, I don't have to hear about 1975 anymore. But hey, a bullshit cup is a cup in my book, and I don't yeah. give a shit. Oh, I like, it's all the same. Oh, no, it's not, a, it's not a legitimate cup. Kiss my ass. I don't Look, give a shit. It's legitimate. If the Devils won in 95, the Hawks won in 2013, and the Penguins had goals called back for them in 2017, this fucker's count. I, if you want to bring in all the AHL and ECHL teams, too, and turn it into a slam dunk contest, well, I fucking hope St. Anki jumps. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll take a cup anywhere I can. So Don't if give a shit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So let's talk about... So we talked about the return-to-play format last week, the 2014 playoff, but we'll go over it again, including... The phases that were rolled out to actually getting back to playing, uh, four phases as of right now. We're in phase one still, the self-quarantining. Players, you know, they're not able to really get on the ice of practice or anything and be around teammates. Um, and part of phase one, too, is the regular season is officially over. And with that comes a few regular season awards that don't need to be voted on. You know, just the uh, Rob Richard and Art Ross and everything. Leon Dreisaitl becomes the first German player to ever win the Art Ross with 110 points. 110 points in a shortened season. He's on pace for 127. Pretty good fucking season. I don't even care if his guy, his teammate, uh, McDavid, is on the same team. 
I'm very excited for him to not win the heart for no reason. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great to see. What, it'll be funny if McDavid somehow wins the heart, even though, yeah. I mean, if you give it to McKinnon, I certainly won't be complaining because I might have a little bit of money down there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good I, I put a $5 bet on McKinnon to win the heart before the season, so I, I get 70 if I if he wins. So. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's, a good little, that's a good little wager, yeah. Uh, I also got some money on the Flyers winning the cup, so uh, yeah. let's do this thing. Let's, let's do that do hockey. It. Yeah, fuck it. Uh, McDavid was second with 97 points. Um, and then the Rock Richard trophy. Alex Ovechkin, you're not going to believe this. He's won it again. Uh, him and Pasternak. Oh, wow. He scored 48 goals this year. It's the first time there was a tie for the Rock Richard since uh, Steven Stamkos and Crosby each had 51 in 2009-2010. Let's talk about Ovechkin real quick, by the way, because I saw Deadspin or whatever you want to call it, the website now. Deadspin uh, wrote an article about pretty much we need to rename the title of the Rock Richard, and I'm kind of in agreement because this was the 21 year it's been 21st year it's been handed out. There are 21 titles. Ovechkin has been eligible to win 15, and he's won nine of them. So he's won two thirds of all the fucking Rock Richard trophies he could possibly win. This is his third straight win, and he's won seven of the last eight. Uh, nobody else has done it three times. But here's the problem. Rocket Richard just sounds so damn cool. It does. I think the other problem, too... Like, you win the Ovi, it's like, eh, cool. You could... You could I, I don't know. I don't, if that, if it sounds like a weird... Argument. like It sounds like an SB knockoff, frankly. The Ovi. You could call it the Grade A Trophy. You can come up with some kind of nickname for it. But it's not going to be Rocket. That's fine. I mean, I'm fine Rocket's with cool! Yeah, all right. Okay, I, that was actually the least convincing. <laughs> like, I might as well push my nerd glasses up my nose. The Rockets are cool. Neat. <laughs> it's pretty Wowzers. <laughs> I I don't know. I it does sound cool. I'm just saying, like I, I would not be against naming a trophy after Vetchkin when he's done because he might end up being the all-time leading goal scorer, and he seems to have the whole leading the league and goal scoring down each year. So maybe we give it to this guy and not rock Richard who never technically won it. Cause the trophy was not old enough. So just, but, just but here's the it. problem. Here's the problem. Lay it on me. They didn't rename the heart, the Gretzky because the Gretzky Gretzky is the best player to ever play. Here's so... why that's art different. We didn't have a podcast and we have a podcast now and I haven't really <laughs> thought about this stance. So I was just throwing it out there. So you see how that's different. Like if we had a podcast in the eighties, all right, maybe I would have thought of that, you know? But that's. We don't have time well, why don't we yet. just need rename the Flyers Awards then? Why isn't it the Al, the Andrew McDonald Class Guy Award? Because <laughs> Andrew McDonald's the classiest flyer to ever play. All right, so yeah, and then Tuka Rask and your, we're moving on. Tuka Rask <laughs> and your tough luck. I don't have any arguments for the Andrew. Uh, I mean, I agree with you that they should all be renamed after Andrew McDonald. So we're moving on. Uh, Tuka Rask and your tough luck. Well, and Ronaldo, of course. And Ronaldo, yeah. Well, I already. In, in the Zach Ronaldo Class Guy Award. <laughs> I know, bro. <laughs> it's the fourth liner who has the shittiest fan engagement that people need to learn about. <laughs> uh, two Garask and Yaroslav Halak will win the William M. Jennings Trophy. I don't need to explain what that is. To, but it is the it's the goalies on the team that allowed the least amount of goals in the NHL this season that, uh, you know, if you aren't aware, two Garask and Yourself a lock play for the Bruins. Uh, so those are the individual true uh, awards for the season, and then because uh, so you can get to a conclusion, phase two, which is what we're looking at right now, and it could begin, I believe, as early as next week. 
Uh, non-contact skating for players in small groups at team facilities. Uh, target date, they said, is just early June. Uh, phase three, I think that's going to be a pretty big, that should be a pretty big test to see whether or not this is going to be a, a possibility. Because if they do that, and then they get a bunch of positive tests after the first couple of days of practice, it's only going to get worse with physical contact and bigger groups practicing and all that kind of crap. So I think phase two is a big indication of whether or not this is realistic to go down and that will also kind of change my mentality if you know they're able to do this and it looks like the nhl is actually able to tie their, tie their own shoes and get things together then okay uh but i'm interested to see what the results are on those tests after the first couple of days um just give them all the mumps right now you can't have the mumps and coronavirus at the same time yeah i you know again, these are facts do you and you can't argue facts and that's that's what we said yeah when Crosby got it back in 2015 or whatever. We were like, just give all the players the mumps because then they can't. It's a chicken box. Yeah, it's the whole thing like the chicken box. So, Phase three uh, is formal training camps uh, returning, and that will be no earlier than the first half of July is what they announced earlier this week. Apparently, a memo is to players today, according to Elliot Friedman. Uh, phase three would start no earlier than July 10th. And then you would do that, and I imagine that would be a two- to three-week just training camp to get the teams back out there and ready. And I think I also saw somewhere, uh, yeah, Freeman said today, too, uh, each team will play two exhibition games with 28 skaters and unlimited goalies uh, before the round-robin games and the 24-team playoff begins. So phase four is the 24-team playoff, uh, and that is what we talked about last week. They went over it this week again. Uh, seating and format of the first two rounds are still being determined. Uh, qualifying round will be best of five. First and second rounds of the tournaments, the divisional rounds, are still to be determined if they're going to be five or seven games. And then the Eastern and Western Conference Finals and the Stanley Cup Final will be best of seven. So, by the way, when I turned from, I don't even know if this is going to happen, to holy shit, the Flyers are definitely going to win the Stanley Cup, is when they put in the little thing about whether or not they don't know what the first or second rounds will be best of five or best of seven. If they make those things best of five, I would bet the house on the Flyers winning this cup. <laughs> because you need like as as we keep getting further and further into not a normal playoff, I think that increases the Flyers' odds of winning it. <laughs> so then, really bitter, you know, Penguins, Islanders, Rangers fans, or whatever, can then point to everything. And I think pointing to only having what would that be like 16, 14 wins instead of sixteen playoff wins, I think people would they would make a big case out of that too. So, um, but that is phase four. Uh, I would love and... nothing more than to be in the position to rebuke all of them. <laughs> yeah, no, it would, absolutely. And th- that would be the greatest to, for them to be like, oh, older no. play. Yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> it would be, it, I think, honestly. I would it, revel it, in it. Like, it I would, would be the best. Oh, Flyers fans would never let anybody else live it down. Even I though, would just yeah. laugh. It would be great. Because it would piss everybody off. And then that would be... That would be better than any of the shit we've heard for 1975. Which just talk like hashtag 2020, and then just talk about this playoff format, and they'll you know all the things they would complain about. But just like, ah, well, count the rings, baby. I don't know what to tell you. What have you done for me lately? We just won, so it would be, it's going to be great when it goes down. Uh, Guess whose name's on the cup anyway? <laughs> and the Flyers, and also speaking of this, the Flyers. Now that good. said, if any of those teams win it, fuck them. No, I'm they, it doesn't count. Yeah. yeah, so you know, it doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count at all. Uh, but the the playoff formats, by the way, 
the teams that benefit the most are the Flyers and the Stars. So out in the East, the Bruins finished atop the uh, conference, followed by the Lightning and the Caps and the Flyers. Uh, out in the West, it was the Blues finished first, followed by the Avs, the Golden Knights, and the Stars. This is all based on first uh, on points percentage, not actual point totals, uh, and that's why feel like Edmonton might actually have a case to be a little pissed off about what's going on here, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, but pretty much how, how it works out is 5 versus 12, 6 versus 11, 7 versus 10, 8 versus 9 uh, in the first in the qualifying round, and then the fir- top four seeds get a first-round bye. And then apparently it'll get, they'll play a round robin to see who gets seeds one through four. So both the Flyers and the Stars finished fourth in the regular season standings, and by getting three wins, we're just being having the best record out of this top four teams in this three-game round robin after about three months of not playing hockey. They could go from fourth to being the top seed in the Eastern Conference. Or, Hell yes. or they lose out and keep the same spot. So the Flyers, out of all of this, honestly, might be in the best position in the league with the Stars, I think. Uh, all the other teams... The only disadvantage of being the top four in each conference right now is you'll have no chance at, at uh, winning the draft lottery, lottery, which the Flyers weren't going to be involved in that either way. Um, but that becomes a situation uh, when you look at <laughs> draft lottery. I'll get to in a second, but let's run through the playoff formats again real quick. Uh, Penguins and Canadians in the, in the East, five, five versus 12. Six versus 11 is Hurricanes versus Rangers. Seven versus 10 is Islanders versus Panthers. And eight versus nine is Maple Leafs, Blue Jackets. All right, so Penguins, Canadians. I mean, you gotta worry about Carey Price, right? Carey Price, Carey Price, Carey Price, Carey Price, Carey Price. <laughs> yeah, Carey Price is again. A hot Carey Price could potentially take a series from the Penguins, and believe me, I'm all about it. Go Habs, go! But I don't think that's gonna happen. Now, the only downside, and again, a trade I, I, I think I would be happy to make if this all does happen, and the Flyers end up winning the 2020 Cup, the Penguins are in a beneficial spot of getting the highest seeded in the qualifying round, the Penguins and the Oilers. And then they also get a chance to still win the first overall pick and pick Lafreniere. So they could get the chance of being in the playoffs. And if they have an early exit in this round, they're still going to have the chance to be drawn to win the first overall and take Lafreniere, which would not have been happening if this was a normal postseason. Same goes with the Oilers. Uh, I mean, again, at the end of the day on that too, Oh, the Oilers are going to just ruin them. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> they just do that with the exception yeah. of McDavid. And believe me, it's not like they haven't tried. Yeah, I, do, I will say, so the Oilers had 83 points. The Stars had 82. They lost out based off points percentage. Um, Dallas was 37, 24, and 8 for 82 points, 594 points percentage. And the Oilers were 37, 25, and 9 for 83 points, 585 save percentage. So instead of getting... The first round by and possibly moving up to being first in the conference, they are now playing the Blackhawks in the first round, which to me, honestly, this year, I think that sounds a little more daunting a name than actual opponent. I don't know. The, the Blackhawks don't play defense. They're, they're, they're infamous for not playing defense this season. They're the Rangers out west pretty much in terms of how much they let traffic through to the net. Um, so, uh, but out east, I mean. So Carolina, New York, right? That's like. Carolina should win that, but Panarin Carolina. could be a game changer there. Like, he could. Yeah. If Panarin goes ham, and we all know Carolina doesn't have goaltending. Yeah. So that's a series where I feel like it's going to be Carolina's going to get the majority of like the better offensive chances. I feel like Carolina's going to look like they're killing the Rangers, but the Rangers are just 
there's, you see a lot of offense both ends of the ice with the Rangers. So they produce a lot offensively, but then they also just yield a shit ton of high danger chances against. So it comes, it's going to come down the Rangers goaltending. I think it's just going to come down to Rangers goaltending and if Carolina's goaltending cannot fuck it up pretty much. Because if they're able to, if they're able to, I think Carolina can put together a unit that can help slow down Panarin. So if they're able to do that and kind of calm down Zibanejad, I think they would have, I think they have an opportunity to get, I mean, I think they should beat the Rangers, but I, I don't know, it is the Rangers. And Carolina also does make things a little difficult, even though they do dominate play. <laughs> like they, uh, But again, they beat the, the Caps last year and then. You know, rolled on to the Eastern Conference final. So I, I think the Hurricanes should beat them. The next two are going to be pretty interesting. I mean, I, the Panthers just don't play defense, and Bob was not great this year. So I, I would kind of expect the Islanders to pull it together. I think they're getting Pelic back, too, for um, the postseason, too. Adam Pelic has been out for most of the season. And if this was a normal postseason, would not have returned. But he's a huge part of the blue line. And uh, I know they've been on a slump lately, but. I trust their goaltending more than I trust the Panthers' defense to help Bob. That's just me. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That, uh, and then the last one is uh, Maple Leafs and Blue Jackets. I mean, it would be pretty fucking funny if the Blue Jackets, with a bunch of goalies that didn't exist last year, beat the Maple Leafs and the Maple Leafs for the higher seed. I just want this. That I, I would love nothing more because I, mean, I love that Toronto misery. You know, I, I mean, I we all know Kyle Dubas is a genius. He's a genius. <laughs> well, I love miserable Maple Leafs fans. I love it. Well, because, you know, uh, not to go back to Carolina's goaltending, but Maple Leafs lost to a Zamboni driver in net. Uh, so to think they would do a whole playoff series against Elvis Merzlikens and lose is funny to me. I don't know. It would be great if they somehow lost in the first round. And, like, you know, the world's gone to madness uh, during this pandemic. NHL switch up the playoff format. All these crazy rules, first round matchups, everything. Switch up everything with the Maple Leafs, so it's not just them going, "Oh, we got to play the Bruins again," and then they still lose to like an injury plagued Blue Jackets team that is, like half the team is just on IR still. I think it would be funny. One man. Oh, it would be hysterical. It'd be <laughs> funny to anybody outside of Toronto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, out west, uh, I mean, I'm still picking the Oilers over the Blackhawks, uh, even though, again, I don't, I don't think the Blackhawks are they're just not good anymore, and I don't think they really play defense. Uh, the Predators and Coyotes, I think, would be pretty interesting. Coy- I mean, the Predators have kind of been a little underwhelming this season, and the Coyotes have fallen off a little bit ever since. Um, well, I think they had to deal with the Kemper injury, but they've been... Uh, They've pretty much fallen off ever since they got in Hall. Uh, and I think the, the Kipper injury aligns with that, too. So that will be an interesting series. Vancouver, Minnesota is a big... It's all Hall's fault. Yeah. Oh, no. That's... Yeah. <laughs> there, are definitely, there are definitely people pushing that narrative right before uh, the pause. Oh, they're pushing that boat big time. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely hashtag pushing the boat. And, you know, surprisingly, it's Edmonton Reuters, but whatever. Uh, like, the Oilers, Blackhawks, Canucks, Wild Series are the biggest, like... I, I like Vancouver. I feel like is the flimsiest team in the postseason. I don't know why I feel that way, but I just feel like they have. They just are very inconsistent, and the Wild have kind of been on a hot streak for a minute now. And Kevin, I mean, that doesn't really matter now. They'll probably cool off because everybody's been not playing for a while. Uh, and Kevin well, Fiala Vancouver's just. Gonna... Vancouver's a young team. Like they have a lot of really good young talent. But... Yeah. 
I mean, it's that's where the inconsistency comes in, and this is a really good matchup for a team like the Wild to come in and, and play, you know, a little more like system based and yeah. and take advantage of uh, the younger players. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and I think a thing with Vancouver too is the they weren't in the postseason last year, and players like Pedersen and Hughes are going to after getting a taste of the NHL last year, they come in this year, they have a normal or not a normal regular season they have part of a normal regular season they have this weird break and then they're going to be throwing the playoff hockey so that's like the I mean, don't biggest, get me wrong they're good as hell like uh, biggest variable Pedersen and Hughes are really good I yeah no I think they're they're a team that is just in a painful spot because their management though I think like all their good young players are high-end picks that they hit on but then they're kind of stuck with not a not the greatest cap situation because they've signed a lot of shitty players like Jay Beagle and fucking Tim Schaller and guys like that to contract, like to contracts, just in general. Like, I, I mean, it should be stated like they signed these players to bad contracts for a while, but like they just gave money to Beagle and Schaller for more money. Are they money still than... stuck with Louis Erickson too? Louis Erickson is still there too. So that they, they've been doing that type of shit. Yeah. But then you have the young guys there like Besser and Horvat and well, I mean, maybe not the youngest guys anymore, but um, they're still pretty young. Yeah. Guys. Still pretty young. And you can see a way that maybe this isn't, this will be the year that they get the taste of the postseason, and next year they kind of become more of a formidable opponent. Maybe Benning makes a moose, and then they actually compete. So uh, the last series, though, would be a bit of offense. So the Flames against the Jets, I would like to see that. Uh, but I feel like that series would turn into a lot of just Goodrow in the Flames' offense, waiting to see how long it took to beat Hellie Buck. Because the Jets, uh, I don't unless the Jets learn how to play defense too during this quarantine phase, I don't think they're going to be uh, much of a threat in the postseason. No. Nope. They're losing pretty much half their defense and then just leaning on Helliabuck for most of the season. If he doesn't win the Vesna, like everybody remembers how much the Jets got shelled and he bailed them out, uh, it's going to be, that's going to suck a lot because uh, I think he deserves it. But Yeah, not great. Uh, so looking at, so the actual playing format would be, like I said, the top four teams compete in a round robin. In that round robin, the regular season overtime would be in effect. Um, and then in the qualifying rounds, the playoff overtime rules go into effect. Uh, so again, the Flyers are. Lo- it sounds like the Flyers would play a total of six, uh, five games. Yeah, five games before they actually would get into the season. The two exhibition ones, and then the three games in the round robin. It's a decent warm up. I, I'm fine with that warm up. I will take that. As- that was my biggest concern: yeah. is that the Flyers would be warmed up before they would play whoever they played in the first round. Like, that's that's very important. If they time it out, too, where they give these top four seeds uh, an advantage of spreading it out, like you play those three games, play one game, take two, do- two days off, play one game, take another two days off, take play one game and take two days off, kind of spread it out, and then hope these qualifying rounds go out at the same time, then I then I love that the Flyers got a first round bye. What's, what's in my mind is I just have – the first round buys in the NFL, the long layoffs in the MLB, or even in the NHL when a team wins a series in four or five and then they have to wait a week because another team is duking it out in seven games. Like the sitting around factor, I think, hurts a lot for the teams with the higher seeds or the teams that won a series early. They get kind of punished. So the Flyers are still doing work and they only have a two or three day gap before their first actual playoff game. Let's do it. I'm all about it. Let's do that hockey. Let's do 
that hockey. Steve, uh, let's talk about the draft. I know you like to talk about the draft, especially the format when it's months away during all you this. You know, I love the draft. You know, I know everything about the draft. And I definitely want to talk about the draft and not talk about my virtual NHL 20 season in which Taylor Hall signed a massive contract <laughs> with the Ottawa Senators. The hey. Ottawa Senators also signed Kevin Shattenkirk to a large contract and immediately put him on the trading block. They don't call him Big Money Melnick for nothing. You know that guy loves bringing elite talent into the city of Ottawa. So that's I'm glad that's a realistic simulation you got going on. Realistic, 100%. Uh, draft lottery is a little confusing because, you know, NHL's got to spice it up. So, Steve, there could possibly be two phases to the draft, uh, with the first phase happening on June 26th. Uh, the first phase while drawings for the first, second, and third overall picks among the seven teams out in the playoff format. All their odds have been calculated. Detroit has the odds of winning the first overall pick because, you know, Detroit fans had to watch Detroit this season. So what's going to happen is uh, they're going to do the first three picks like they've usually done in years past. And instead of the 15 teams that didn't make the playoffs, it's just going to be these seven. If the top three picks all belong to the seven teams that did not make the postseason. There is no phase two. That's Can't it. we just wait? Oh, no, we could. Can't we just fucking wait? This is insane. This is this is so absurd how the NHL is just like, we got we to hurry up and do it. Like, just wait. <laughs> well, okay, so my thing too, though, is... Um, so that will be the first phase. So theoretically, if there was a team from the eight teams that makes a qualifying round but would lose... If they were knew they were going to be rewarded one of these top three picks, they would have a phase two, where they would then have the lottery odds, um, including that team and the other seven teams that didn't make it, and it becomes a whole fucking shit show. But apparently, what happens is the thing I'm confused about is, and maybe they'll clear it up, or maybe there's a better explanation. I just couldn't find it before the podcast. But let's say you know the first and second team get the first and second overall selection, whatever. One of them is left up to the eight qualifying teams. Um, if you know that your, your odds are pretty high of getting that third overall pick or if the first overall pick is on the table and it's not allotted to a team. It's just allotted to wherever the teams finish up in like the qualifying round. Couldn't you kind of just throw games to get that? Like if one of the teams, like theoretically we we're talking about the Penguins earlier. If they do it where two of the teams in the bottom seven end up getting the second and third overall picks and the first overall pick is available, couldn't just one of the teams in the qualifying round punt it if they're like 2-0 and or 1-0 and in the series and just drop down, lose out those games to get this first overall pick? Like, I feel like there's a way that it's still going to end up being... Fuck it. Yeah, I feel like one of these qualifying round teams is going to make it and people are going to be pissed. That is like the one way that the league would just look kind of dumb right now. But I don't think it's that. It's not really the end of the world. I just think it's a little it's a little weird. But again, we have a month to break down how this draft lottery phase one and phase two would work. So the good news is no fucking early June draft. That was the worst idea the NHL has had in a while, I think. And I'll tell you what. They have some pretty bad fucking ideas. It's not exactly a good idea factor over there. They uh, they no, like the, the, the bottom stuff. Yeah, they they'll, they'll fuck some stuff up. So uh, they, they put on their bad idea jeans every morning. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, gotta give them props for not doing the draft uh, between the regular season and postseason, while a lot of teams couldn't trade their assets. Gotta give props to the league that you know they did. Someone didn't... get like a bullhorn and go up to Gary Bettman and go, nobody cares about the NHL draft. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think I think they Mr. Batman, it's not a big deal like it is in the NBA and NFL. I think nobody really knows these players that well except for people like Craig Forsyth. Oh, and I will tell you what, if they did it in early June, I would have been right there with everybody else right now cuz uh again, Craig's draft corner <laughs> doesn't know the guys. Here's this guy, he apparently plays in the OHL. But I think they I think the thing was they were maybe looking at a way to play less games and put these guys less at risk in playing in COVID-19 and they for some reason thought that their draft could match like the NFL draft. I think that actually went through their head momentarily, and they're like, "Oh no, everybody's sitting around. Of course, they're going to read about, you know, these suburban Canadian kids on junior teams we've never heard of going fifth overall. Why wouldn't we want to read about that? <laughs> or Mr. Bettman, watch that, Mr. Bettman. Your draft is the best draft of all the drafts. <laughs> That's a reference I don't get." That's, you should get that one because that's an office reference. Mm-hmm. It's a, your art is the best art. Oh, oh art. okay. It's the yeah, it's the Roy reference. <laughs> yeah, it's the Roy reference. <laughs> it's a pretty. Oh man, I'm not quite back there yet. In my rewatch. I'll get there though because again, like I said, we are in quarantine and I just got my Netflix back. So Steve. Meanwhile, I'm watching Bob Clark dive headfirst into Boston Bruins in well, 1974. It's because you're a true fan. Hashtag 1974. So you're watching uh, the the game six then. I'm actually watching game two. Oh, oh, so actually in Boston. You'll see the infamous uh, DuPont trot or whatever the hell they call it. I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. This is this is a good one so far. And uh, my my player of the game so far goes to uh, Bob Seurat. Is it Seurat? Seurat? Oh, I have no idea. I know who you're talking I don't about. know, but he's got the best facial. Number 21, he's got phenomenal facial hair. Like, he is the, <laughs> the look... Like, if he walked down the street today looking like that, he would still, like, people would be like, that's a cool guy. I think my favorite rando from back then is Don Seleski, because uh, oh, Nick yeah. was Big Bird. I just, I like the name. I like Big Bird. That's a funny name, too. That's a funny I'm name. I'm all about good nicknames, and we actually have a bit we're going to talk about in a, a few minutes where we talk about some good nicknames. <laughs> oh, some not man. so good nicknames, but some are very good. Uh, so going back to the, the 24 team, Playoff format, real quick. The issue, some of the issues pointed out were uh, Canadian teams might have issues with uh, going over the border, but I, I think I saw somewhere that that really isn't going to be that big of an issue. And as Friedman pointed out, teams could do what the Canucks plan on doing, uh, according to his thirty-one thoughts. Quote: Vancouver just GM taking a boat and just skirting the whole system. Yeah, that'd be the easiest way to do it. I mean, why not? You know, just practice in the ocean. What are we doing? Yeah, just get a. Like a big just cruise freeze ship. the ocean and play hockey out there. Yeah, like nobody's using carnival. We have the right technology. <laughs> we have the technology, but we just don't care enough about hockey. Yes, the, the the Donald wants the hockey to happen because hockey's <laughs> the only right. sport so... where people will visit him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So a couple issues with going back. Uh, it's very important. <laughs> okay, so the <laughs> Canadian teams. Uh, so from Thirty One Thoughts, uh, Elliot Freeman put out. Vancouver GM Jim Benning said Wednesday that Canucks are considering a U.S.-based training camp if crossing the Canadian border requires quarantine when Stage 3 begins. I don't think the Canucks are alone on that. So like we said, the Maple Leafs would be uh, involved in this, the Jets, the Flames. Um, 
you know, there's going to be a couple Canadian teams that would have to worry about going back and forth over the and and, and American teams too. If uh, these teams end up actually doing anything in the postseason, like the Blue Jackets would have to worry about going to Toronto. So that could be an issue. Uh, again, the league seems to be and sources kind of seem to be downplaying that. Like uh, it's not that big of an issue. We'll find out. Uh, and then also testing. Testing seems to be the big thing that nobody really, I guess, is saying that's going to be a big hindrance to getting back. But according to Freeman, again, from his 31 thoughts, Commissioner Bettman hinted at big cost to the league for the testing procedure. Where does the NHL is looking at? 120 to 130 bucks per test at 25,000 tests. That's more than $3 million, not insignificant. So that's, uh, I mean, that is, you know, you're talking about the league losing a ton of revenue based on uh, ticket sales and also the games that they've lost in the regular season. Uh, and now you're looking at adding on $3 million on top of that. So again, not exactly nothing. Uh, I think, cause I think the reported revenue at first loss, if they were just to cut ties and not do the regular season or the postseason and just try and work with the start of the 2021 campaign, I think it was like, they would have lost 350 to 500 million. I think was the right, uh, guesstimate. So jump change. Jump change, obviously. Yeah, nothing worth mentioning. But again, if they're losing out on a bunch of those games, they're not going to be losing that much, but they're still losing a pretty penny, and then you got to throw the $3 million on top of that. Um, so, yeah, it uh, could be an issue. But again, that's uh, I mean, that's the latest on the 2014 format. Again, I, I am pro hockey. If you bring back any format, I am about it until they hand the cup to Artemi Panarin when the Rangers beat the Oilers in, in a, a six-game Stanley Cup final. Until that point, I am... I swear to God, after all the trash I've talked on the Rangers this year, if they walk away with the Cup after all of that, I'm just going to have to retire in shame. Shame! If they win this year, all things considered, I... Yeah, I mean, that's a... That's a moment to step back and look at what you're doing with your life, if you like hockey, you know? That might be a time to hang up the skates and walk away. Because I mean, that's the end of hyperbole right there. <laughs> it's the fucking in my face. If the Rangers win the Stanley Cup this year, that's it. That's it. Flyperbole's done. If the yeah, if the Rangers win it on the backs of Panarin, Zabinajad, and Anthony D'Angelo holding up the back end for the Blue Jack or the the Blue Shirts, I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like in the <laughs> middle Zibinijad? of the 2014 format, so. That's league news. Uh, there are some noteworthy things involving Flyers prospects. That is probably, oh, wow. uh, yeah. So uh, one of the dis- uh, discussions that's been going on with a couple of the dates in regards to prospects is June 1st is a, a key date when it comes to signing prospects to entry-level deals. Uh, there is news about one June 1st deadline being pushed back for ELCs, but the original must-sign-by date of June 1st for a couple of these uh, Swedish prospects of the Flyers did not get pushed back. So unless the Flyers signed these two players, uh, Linus Hogberg and David Bernhardt, by Monday, they will become free agents. Uh, and that is according to Cap Friendly, who laid this all out. Um, they Apparently, the other first uh, June 1st deadline is pushed back a month, so they'll have until July 1st to sign players to ELCs. I believe it was for next season. Um, but the league hasn't pushed back the must-sign date. And they cat friendly put out a big list of uh, flyers prospects that, or all prospects were on there. The only flyers on there were Hoberg and Bernhardt. And again, to remind everybody, Hoberg, a uh, 21 year old left-hand defenseman, six foot three, 183 pounds. Boss hog. Boss hog. The hog. The flyers took him in the fifth round of 2016. 
14 points, five of which were goals in 50 games this year with the Lakers, HC, and the SHL. I think it's a Vaxo. I'm not quite sure how to say it. You know me in words. But uh, fifth season in the SHL, uh, fourth playing uh, 35-plus games. The thing with Hogberg is he uh, he's really not a bad defenseman. He's pretty good. Uh, pretty good underlying numbers over there with what's posted on the SHL website. Biggest key is mobility. Uh, when we talked about it a couple weeks ago, uh, mobility is a huge part of his game. He's able to jump up on the rush and kind of fill in for offensive chances in the zone while cycling, but doesn't give up or get caught out of position as much as you would expect for an offensive defenseman like that uh, on his own side of the ice. So he's pretty sound defense on both sides of the puck. Uh, the only reason why I think... Uh, maybe it has something to do with he has the third most five and five ice time among Lake, Lakers defensemen, but he doesn't play a ton on the power play or PK units. I think he had a decent amount of power play time last year. So would not be playing a lot of special teams uh, ice time. If he came over here, I think that does impact his five and five numbers too, a little bit, but uh, I really think he could play in the NHL one day. I think he has the tools to play in the NHL one day. I don't know if the idea of maybe because Fletcher and Flair, these weren't, this is a guy that the Flyers didn't draft. It was Hextall or this Flyers GM group didn't draft. It was Hextall. Maybe they just don't want to invest a contract in them. One of the 50 contract limits uh, for a guy that isn't quote unquote their own guy. So Look at what Fletcher uh, put on the blue line this year. He drafted Cam York out of Michigan, Ronnie Adder out of WMU, and then Mason Millman out of the OHL. They're all North American defensemen that are considered to be, you know, pretty sound defensively too. Uh, but can't really get a lot of eyes to see him when he's over there, over in the SHL, over in Europe. And again, maybe Fletcher's leaning on the words of a pass regime and trusts his guys more. I think that might be at play here, but. Hogberg feels like a guy that we could see his name again, like in a year or two or two or three years from now, uh, getting a chance on somebody else's third pair. And then he could be fine. I, I don't think he's a guy that if he was to play for the Flyers, eventually he would be like one of those diamond in the rough types guys that, you know, we can't believe Hextall found him. He seems like he could be a very fine defenseman. It sounds like, but it doesn't sound like it could be a, a Phil Myers, I guess. But, uh, I'm all about bringing in and keeping these guys here. I wish I would give him a contract, and I think he would play NHL minutes kind of soon, but I I don't know what the general feeling is. I have no idea if there's any indication they will sign him by Monday. I didn't see anything when I was looking looking uh, information up about him. But also, uh, David Bernhardt, real quick, 22-year-old left-hand defenseman, standing six foot three, 203 pounds, drafted in the seventh round of 2015, 199th overall, seven points in 33 games with Saipa. In Liga, in the Liga this year, uh, Finland's top league. Switched over from the SHL to Liga back in November. That's his first time playing in a league outside Sweden since, uh, I mean, he's been playing in Sweden since at least the 2011-12 season, according to Elite Prospects. So, but has they played in a Liga outside Sweden? Oh, boy. I'll tell you what. Yes. Ooh, That's a good, that was a good dad joke. You got in there. That was good, though. <laughs> I've had a lot of dad jokes today. Like, I've... I, I think the quarantine has made yeah, me an unofficial father. Yeah, I, that's yeah. I was already. I think it's done the opposite for me. I used to make a ton of dad jokes, and I feel like I'm not getting in as my. I, I need to get my dad joke reps in, uh, pretty much. I need to go outside and be around other people. Like I was saying, I'll just open up the country again. And I'll get my dad jokes back. But anyway, Bernhardt. Just tell me who the top troika in the league is, and I'm good to go. <laughs> 
Shout out to Josh Bernard, I think is who tweeted that as. <laughs> uh, regarded as a puck-moving defenseman, Bernard is, uh, but he doesn't produce a ton of points and uh, still has a lot of issues on the defensive side of the puck. So pretty much uh, takes a lot of offensive chances, but doesn't really you know, make it count, I guess, because it's not showing up too much on the scoreboard. And also, uh, he still is having all issues in the defensive zone. Uh, I would be absolutely shocked if they signed him by Monday. It sounds like he's going to go to free agency and other teams will be able to have the chance to uh, to grab him. But uh, I, I, I say watch Hoberg. I feel like there's a, still a chance that maybe Hoberg gets a contract uh, and then would become part of the Flyer system. Uh, but again, another thing working against these two guys, too, is – the blue line and the pipeline is already kind of crowded because of guys that are already, I mean, Provorov and Sanheim, ideally, and I don't think there's any reason why they should change. They're going to be on the blue line for a while, at least the foreseeable future. So those are two of the six. Be aware. Be aware. Uh, Myers and Ghost right now. I mean, Myers had an up and down year, but I think he should still be here for a couple seasons. Uh, Ghosts, a lot of speculation. Um, I don't know if he's going to be here for the rest of the contract, but he's under contract for a, a couple more seasons. Uh, and then on top of that, you have Friedman, who's a fringe guy who could be getting a chance to prove he deserves to be in the top six next season. Igor Zamula and Wyatt Wiley, both for giving contracts, uh, and they will be starting in the AHL next season. So those are two guys that, even though they sound Hoberg, they would have two less spots in the AHL locked up. And those guys eventually would move up to the NHL too. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of the blue line is kind of already – locked in for a while for the Flyers unless you're going to make one big change. The one big change I know people are probably were saying with the names I had there was Ghost. Uh, and again, based on this season, I guess that wouldn't be the dumbest idea. But there are a couple more years left. And his best game of the season was the game before the pause. So maybe he's hitting his upswing. Maybe this is it. Maybe he's going to have the rookie season during the postseason. And that's how the – oh, man, wouldn't that be a crazy narrative if somehow Ghost was like the one that just – help the Flyers win a Stanley Cup this year during this. That would be... <laughs> I feel like there would be Flyers fans. Such an incredibly... I would revel... Like, you know, I talked about, like, reveling in the the misery of, like, the opposing, like, Devils and Penguins fans oh, yeah, yeah. and Rangers fans that the Flyers won and saying it didn't count and just, like, loving it and saying, yeah, it doesn't count, boo-hoo, and then bringing up their tears. <laughs> the... The way I would just rub ghost haters' faces in this, yeah, it would be it would border on obnoxious, if not full out obnoxious. Yeah, oh, it would, it would definitely turn into like the because uh, he would do that, and then you know the ghost truthers out there would be like, well, looks like he was all right, and then the people that hate ghosts, <laughs> yeah, they would be like, oh well, I mean, I'm more worried about the team success while you're worried about ghost success. It would be some stupid bullshit where they can't be like, you know, maybe Hag isn't that great. But that's uh, that's why it. not both? Yeah, why not both? Why why couldn't they be Smith winner and runner up? Hey, what is there? If I told you this COVID Cup was going to come down to Ghost winning the most amount of Smith votes and Hag finishing with the second most, I, I say that's a non-zero chance. I think it's on the table if we're being honest. Because again, we're talking about a postseason where there's going to be 24 teams and five rounds and possibly like three best of five rounds. So fuck it. Uh, anything to me right now is possible. Bring it on. Bob wins a con Smythe. Oh, Actually, uh, I, they, here's the thing. I don't think that one's insane. I mean, if the if the Panthers end up making the Stanley Cup, I don't think it's off the table. <laughs> I'm looking at Well, it, I, the thing is, if Bob just, like, turns it on and 
is incredible, which we know he's capable of. We know he's got it in him. The Panthers do have some pieces. The Panthers have the offense. They just don't give him any support. He'd have yeah. to play out of his mind. Carrie Price-esque, if you will. Yeah, like, maybe it's been... There's lots of crazy shit that Panarin could win the Conn Smythe. Yeah, I think, and that's another thing, and that's a thing. What's your craziest flat-out scenario for this? Well, like, I was going to say. Obviously, a Flyers Cup is crazy to most of the league. I, Although I think a lot of people are looking at them as dark horses right now, like a good like dark horse pick. They were and definitely their Vegas odds were not bad. They were definitely doing that before the 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 quarantine like pause and everything. But I I don't know how people feel about them now. My biggest thing with the Flyers right now is I'm worried about uh, momentum, I guess, because I think they had I think they were the team rolling the most at the time the season was paused. You know, they were rolling a month before the fucking playoff started and then everything shut down. <sighs> but I don't know. I don't, that's the biggest thing I have. The biggest fear I have with that. I, I was going to say, yeah, the, uh, I, I mean, that's one thing, but it's like also just like everybody's in the same boat there. So no, they are, no, no, right. they are, but I'm saying like, that's why like the fires were, yeah, in yeah they were hitting boat. their stride, but yeah, they were, yeah, they would have yeah. rolled. Over. I try not to dwell on that. I know, it's just fucking sucks. Yeah, no, there really is. It's just super unfortunate. Try not to dwell on it. I think the Habs making any progress would be nuts. I think, well, and I was going to say, going back to the Habs and Carey Price, I think that's a huge factor. You can't tell by just watching game tape or looking at the advanced stats. How many quarantine naps are these guys getting in there? You know, Carey Price is taking two a day, so he's well-rested. He's ready to steal this series for the Penguins. Uh, you know, Shesterkin or Gor- Gorgiev in uh, you know, New York. I mean, Shesterkin? Shesterkin. Uh, or Lundqvist, Durkin, maybe. Durkin. You know, if Lundqvist comes in and saves the day for the Rangers. What I want for the Rangers, I, I want them to beat the Hurricanes. And then I want them to eventually just lose to the Flyers. And then it gets, like, Lundqvist has a hot couple rounds. And then they're like, you know what? Let's extend them. And then you just add a lot of madness into the end of his contract in New York. But I don't think that's going to happen. What I want for the Rangers is to see them lose so bad that they have to move to Quebec. <laughs> They're going to have to lose pretty bad. I'm gonna, you know, they're going to have to lose like a series in one game, maybe. But it's going to be so bad that the league's just like, oh, no, thank you. Just take them out of here. I think uh, I think the Coyotes going on a run would be pretty funny. Because that would definitely piss off a lot of people. If, like, the Coyotes made it to the playoffs as the 11th seed and then made it to, like, the Western Conference final, beating, like, the fucking Oilers and the Canucks on the way... Do you know how much? Like, do you know how many articles Mark Spector would write about how this cup shouldn't count, or like how many fucking articles? Just so many people with .ca like headlines would just be fucking pissed that the Coyotes, <laughs> with like sound defensive play and Taylor Hall just scoring goals for them, were like able to get to the third round of the postseason. People would lose their minds, I think. That Hellybuck going off, carrying the Jets for a while. I love when the Coyotes succeed and the league just loses their shit. Yeah, I mean, I would have again. If the 2012 Cup was Coyotes against the Devils, I think that that would have been a wonderful Stanley Cup final to me. That would have been fucking hilarious. Just knowing that everybody at the league front offices is losing their minds <laughs> as Arizona and New Jersey take each other on in the Stanley Cup final. But uh, I think the craziest, I mean, to me, the idea the Flyers actually end up as a top seed is a little bonkers to me, to be honest. Uh, but I'm here for it. And I'm here to take on, uh, I mean, if that happens, the Flyers might take on the Blue Jackets in the first round, which uh, would not be against. I would love, love to see, like, the Bruins finish as the last seed. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah, have to yeah. play the Penguins up front. Yeah. And then 
it's Bruins Penguins in the first round, and they beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, I think, and again, that's you bring up a good point. It's important. Or Capitals Penguins. <laughs> Regardless, if the Penguins and either the Capitals or Bruins are beating the shit out of each other in the first round, I am all about it. Yeah, I. Uh, but I was saying, you since you brought up the Bruins, it is worth pointing out that like the Flyers and the Stars are in the best position in this round robin tournament. Uh, the Bruins and the Blues are in the worst. They are the top seeds in their conferences and deserve to be the co- top seeds in their conferences. And now they could end up fourth in their conference because of the coronavirus. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. This is all this is all part of Boston's year. It's going great. They, you know, end up with the most amount of points in the league. Could end up playing series with that home ice advantage now. Uh, the they lost Gronk. They lost Tommy Brady. Well, I was say, and the the Red Sox lost uh, Mookie Betts. So it's been it's been a rough time up in Boston. They're not they're not doing great. But um, as we've always said on this podcast, uh, fuck them. And Brady dropped it. So that's that's <laughs> my stance. That's my official stance on Boston. Not everybody in Boston, uh, but the Bostonians, I guess, in general. So. Uh, but going back to some of these prospects for the Flyers. So the Flyers could lose Hogberg and Bernhardt. As on uh, as early as Monday, if they don't sign by Monday, uh, they could also be losing Wyatt Kalyanuk, although that is still up in the air, and it, there's no negative news that I guess is leading us to believe he is going to walk from the Flyers. But according to Todd Maluski of the Wisconsin State Journal, who also does a lot of reporting on the Badgers, uh, Kalyanuk will skip his senior year at the University of Wisconsin and go pro. This is interesting because he is a Flyers draft. Uh, draft pick. The Flyers have their rights, his rights through uh, August 21st, August 15th, 2021. Uh, but he has not signed an ELC yet. Uh, and according to Kurt, who did a little bit of research, uh, pretty much what's going on right now is because Kalinuk was a double overager. He was two years past his draft year when the Flyers drafted him. He was 20 when he was drafted in 2017. Um, apparently that leads to a situation uh, where since he was drafted by a team, uh, by a team, the Flyers, when he was 20 and he was going into the NCAA, the Flyers have his rights for two years, even though you should, in theory, have their rights for four years so they finish out their college you know, career. Um, they have it for two years, no matter what. After those two years, the player can declare that they're turning pro. Um, which means they are no longer a bona fide college student. If you want to read more about this, go check out the article po- uh, Kurt posted today. Because surprisingly, he, you know, he put together a good article, which it's Kurt, so it's a little surprising. But uh, and at 30 days after he makes the announcement, <laughs> love you, Kurt. 30 days after he makes that announcement, he can then become a free agent, and the team that drafts him no longer has exclusive rights, and he's able to sign with whoever. So this is a bit of a weird curveball that I don't think. I guess we knew it was a possibility, but there was no indication he was going to do it. Like we had heard rumblings about how we were a little bit concerned that Wade Allison and Taren Luzinski might not sign because they were going to go back for their senior year. And there were rumblings about Allison about how maybe he didn't want to necessarily sign in Philly. I mean, all that doesn't matter now. But Kalyanuk was somebody who it sounded like he was going to at least go back for a senior year at Wisconsin and then he was going to join the Phantoms. Now it looks like the Flyers have less than a month to sign him to an ALC. Because if you remember two weeks ago, we brought up on the podcast, Kalyanuk was named to the all big 10 first team. And at that point in time, it was reported he was mulling over his decision, whether or not he was going to turn pro. So within the last two weeks, he has decided to turn pro, which started that 30 day 
clock, and now he is less than 30 days away from either being with the Flyers organization or apparently becoming a free agent. So that was my understanding through it all. If that is incorrect, I'll definitely be yelled at tomorrow, uh, and I will correct it next week on the pervs, but I think I got all that right. Uh, and I like Kalyanuk. Um, I mean, again, he's another guy. He's just a lot of – his mobility is a huge part of his game. Uh, put up a decent amount of points on the power play with Wisconsin and played in all situations and is – I mean, he was worthy of a seventh-round gamble. It looks like it paid off. The gamble paid off. So hopefully – and again, I like NCAA players more because I feel like that's – those are the systems in play at most that relate to success of like a middle six or mid-pair guy in the NHL. It's just uh, a lot of defensive responsibility and not a lot of open space, generally tighter games. I don't know. You don't see a lot of crooked stat lines or 120 points in like 30 collegiate games. It's usually a lot closer. So – uh, and again, the fans blew on next season. They could be adding Kalyanuk, Wiley, and Zamula while losing Andy Walensky and Reese Wilcox. So the, the fans blew on. Well, Hopefully gets better. Yeah. I mean, you know, we waited for Wellesley, Steve. Nothing. Nothing came of it. We never got to see our day. Day in the sun with uh, Wellesley walking around the Flyers blue line with that number three. But I digress. Uh, and also, I mean, just to talk about Ron Hextall, because again, that was what we used to do at one point in time. Uh, Kalyanuk was a seventh rounder, a conditional seventh rounder. Uh, that the Flyers got as a throw-in in the Mark Streit deal. And if you don't remember what the Mark Streit deal was, uh, it was Mark Streit, aging defenseman with half a penis, was traded to the oh, Lightning. Poor guy. Yeah, poor guy. Traded to the Lightning. That was a very sincere, you know, poor guy after the juggle made. But uh, traded to the Lightning for Philpula. Again, we don't need to talk about that. 2017 fourth, which became Maxime uh, Shushko, and a conditional seventh, which is Kalyanuk. And the conditional seventh was because... Hextall added on to the trade that if uh, Strike got dealt before the end of that trade deadline, because he was dealt at the 2017 trade deadline, the Flyers got the conditional seventh, so Eisenman flipped Strike to the Penguins, and because he got traded again, Hextall was able to get this conditional seventh. So I think it was a thing where Hextall didn't want to trade with the Penguins, and then he knew when he was trading to the Bulls that so he was probably trading to the Penguins, so he wanted to get something in return. He did. And it could be a player the Flyers are about to sound, uh, sign here in the next two days. Or sound. It's your call. I don't know how you want to use English. but uh, The sound yeah. of signing. <laughs> the, the sound. <laughs> yeah. The disturbed version, by the way. The better version. Oh, More my God. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I also, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> yes. Disturbed still out there oh, making music. Oh. I, like, forgot... I mean, I used to listen to them all the time because I definitely played the weights in high school. I just, I thought they stopped making music in like 2013. And like, I found out they've made like three albums since then. So, you know, Godspeed to them. I guess they're still out there is, uh, making is music. Is Aaron Lewis from Stain still out there making country albums? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, did you say Darren? Aaron. Aaron. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say, don't you, don't. Don't get the poor man's name wrong. Uh, was, that, was that a good stained by, or good uh, disturbed, by the way? I did, yeah, I did like your, uh, David Draymond? Sure. Yeah, sure, I think that's his name, but yeah, that was pretty, yeah, you were down with the sickness, so that was, uh... We'll just have an entire podcast in the summer where it's just (laughs) disturbed, that disturbed noise and the, the, uh, the corn, uh, freak on a leash noise where you go, for like 40 minutes. That goes under the radar for, like, bad 
sounds vocalists and random rock bands from the 2000s made. Everybody still cites the the, the disturbing. It is my. It's number one in my heart. It's pretty good. I mean, as far as as Al from uh, the pod, <laughs> I mean the website will contest to. Uh, Fucking Corn is a good random shitty band that people forgot about. Because I mean, they covered Cameo. I mean, all day they dream. All day they dream about sex. So that like... they did that. They covered Cameo, like a funk band from the seventies, and did Word Up, and it was still worse. Like I don't, I don't even know where they got the urge to cover that song. They did a lot of weird stuff, and uh, it shows when you look at their they all had dreadlocks. <laughs> they all had dreadlocks. I mean, everything we're saying. By the way, if you don't know who Corn is, is real. So go. You you don't need to know. Don't look any of this up. You don't need to know anything about new metal or early two thousands rock. It's it's all bad. Yeah. Also, by the way, go listen to the Scorpion King soundtrack and if you do, think about your life. Scorpion <laughs> with some Godsmack on there. Uh, if you do. If you do like these bands, I want to say thank you for showing restraint and not throwing your headset across the room when we disagree <laughs> with your musical uh, accompaniment. For being, that's what you yeah. do when you disagree with some people. Thing. May say, friend of the show, <laughs> oh. a friend of the show did oh. this recently. Oh. Oh. Noted hockey fan. <laughs> Noted hockey fan. Mikey oh, Miz, yeah. you fly his fans. That's my Mikey Miz, by the way. Oh, you're, you're a bunch of stunnots. I think he says stunnots. Which, if that's oh. racist or anything, I'm sorry. I I just know that's what he used to say. So, uh, but it was. Uh, I I mean, again. To the lay person, to the lay person, this, you know, this argument may, or this talking about the music may upset him. So thank you for not throwing the headset in conjunction. We're never going to let that's uh, I think that needs to be a reference from now on. It's just Mikey Miz uh, being a Nimrod chucking his headset. I just like, again, I like his, you can tell it's an old man throwing it like the, the, the hitch in his arms when he got the headset off and then he like threw it forward. He's a big baseball fan. That's not a guy that it looks like he does. He's never thrown a baseball is what that looks like right there. So, not gonna jump in. Gonna hold back. I on think the... we've said enough on this. One. Okay, oh, you're you. not, okay. Your, right. assess- your assessment is okay. correct. I just, I, I just want to make sure that you know when I'm taking on the Mucky Miz army, I'm not the only one so out said, there. I, all I know is everything you're saying is a violation, bro. <laughs> That's his thing. Yo, it's a violation. That's what he says about everything. I don't think I've actually turned on Mike Miz in a while. It's it's been a and, while. And and to be honest. I, I will throw on his show on TV, and I'm kind of surprised he has a co-host he does, because I'm surprised. Well, obviously, he's not getting along with them. All right, that's the end of the Mike Mix discussion. Uh, <laughs> Marcus Westfeld. Uh, friend uh, of the show. Friend of the show. Flyers, uh, Flyers draft pick uh, from 2018, seventh-round pick. 20-year-old center uh, is changing teams. Not really significant to Flyers news, but uh, he, uh, he and Brennan Saif, the SHL club he was with, have agreed to terminate the last year of his contract making him a free agent. Again, doesn't matter where he's signed. He's still under the Flyers' rights. Uh, he had eight points, three goals, and five assists in 25 games on loan from Brennan IF with the Vastrovics, IK, and the Alzvenskins. Uh, so getting eight points in 52 games in the league below the SHL isn't that great. Uh, only had one assist in 19 games for Brennan IF last season. So he didn't even play in the SHL this season. Marcus Westfeld, not exactly a guy deep in the plans of the Flyers. Not somebody they need to really watch out for. Or, I mean, I shouldn't say this, but he is not exactly like at the top of the radar. Shouldn't what? Shouldn't rush out and get his jersey? I would say, I would save the money, uh, you know, keep adding to the Marcus Westfeld Flyers jersey, because I don't know if you're going to need it yet. So maybe in a couple, maybe like four years you can spend that 120. I have him, I have Walensky. It's it's bad. Damn, but I mean, first of all, I'm sorry. Secondly, 
What are you doing with your money? How much money do you have? <laughs> I make millions good. doing this good. podcast. <laughs> Wasting it on Walensky and TJ Brennan jerseys and Mike Manilock jerseys. It's a it's a fucking carnival. Let's not even talk about my Mike Manilock jersey collection. All right? <laughs> it is vast. It is. I have every style of Flyers jersey with Manilock 15 on the back. It's bad, okay? I was thinking... I was on hoarders for this. You know what would be a good one? And if I ever find his jersey, I'm 100% getting it, even though I won't. Because uh, I saw talk about, apparently, the University of Alabama Huntsville's hockey program may be shut down. And if you're Alabama. a true Flyers fan out there, you'll remember that Jared Ross, uh, cameo in the 2009 postseason, went there. So kind of a big deal if they shut that i mean what is jared ross gonna do you know scored that goal in 2009 against the penguins did the lord's work after my two favorite stores (laughs) unlike mine which is uh models five guys i I got nothing i was trying to make too random (laughs) not as popular as my favorite places which is uh wells fargo bank and uh not not as Perfect. not as much as my favorite player, Dick Kudoba. <laughs> look, and I, look, I think, and you know, the, even though the draft is pushed back, and his name is funny because it's named after two of my favorite places. I think the Flyers got to take a look at defenseman uh, Walmart Taco Bell out of the OHL. He's got a real strong chance of making it. That's my uh, that'll be my Craig draft corner pick for who should. Go to the Flyers. Okay, so another thing is uh, the Devils keep looking for a head coach because, again, the Devils were a lot worse than everybody thought they were going to be this year. Didn't make the 2014. NHL is including 24 teams in their in their uh, and they didn't make it. Yeah, it's a real – really uh, had a, a terrible season for uh, the 20 fans in New Jersey. And according to Friedman, uh, it's not just Elaine Nazardine uh, who will be in the coaching search. And we've mentioned in the past – Gerard Gallant and Peter Laviolette, but today Freeman dropped uh, John Stevens might be in the running oh, for the Devils coach. Good, good. Oh sheet cake is what I think he said when he read that. Uh, so apparently, yeah, they're <laughs> she. <laughs> so be honest, I'm all uh, fucking John Stevens needs to be the head coach of the Devils yesterday. This needs to happen. Yesterday, there is Let's such fucking happen. This cannot be a more random. Let's hire a coach in 2020 selection than John Stevens. Not no offense to John Stevens because I don't know him, and I guess he wasn't that bad with the Flyers. But the whole thing—he's a nice guy. From all I've heard, I heard he's a super Stevens nice like guy. He's an extremely nice guy, and it doesn't seem like he's one of those guys that would have a past like you know Bill Peters and everybody like that. It seems like a genuinely nice guy, and again, didn't do anything wrong with the Flyers when he was here. I just you know. Just bought a sheet cake every time they won a playoff round and had a whole speech about it. <laughs> it's just like, well, like, like, what are you doing, Devil? All the guys in this room, you're the ingredients. You're the eggs. You're the flour. I can't and believe we the put you together. Cup of that guy. That guy's bringing in. Fucking he was a great coach with the Phantoms. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah that's, that's a fair point. That is very fair. Yeah. He's a very good assistant coach, and he is. He's a great guy in the room, from all indications. But it just seems like he doesn't quite have the cold bloodedness to be a head coach. Like you don't need a crazy iron Mike Keenan or John Tortorella at all times, but it's nice to have a more medium approach. Like if you have a guy who can do both, that's really the ideal manager. But from all indications, Stevens is just like, just too, too damn nice for the position. He feels like a fine assistant coach. Again, this might go back to our whole, uh, 
you know, the Astro stances. But I, I feel like he is a guy that his personality and like everything you just laid out there, it feels like he would be more beneficial as an assistant coach than the main guy in charge. Uh, and again, that's what he was doing this year. He was an assistant with the Stars. Uh, his last coaching gig was with the the Kings for the entire 2017-18 season. Uh, took the Kings to the first round. Took them to the postseason. They got swept in the first round by the Golden Knights. And then Stevens was fired after 13 games in the 2018-2019 season. We may have forgotten about that because the Flyers were having their own fun during uh, that time in the 2018-19 season. 4-8-1, and one, he was let go of after that start. Uh, Willie Desjardins came in for him. And then Tom McClellan came in for Desjardins after that. Um, and before his head coaching gig in uh, Los Angeles for 2017-18, uh, his last head coaching stint was with the Flyers when he came in in 2006-07 and left in December of 2009 uh, before the Flyers were on their cup run. So, uh, again, not really like he's – it's not a laughably bad choice. Like, it's not like they're bringing in Randy Carlisle or, like, I don't know, random dudes from the past that obviously just don't know what they're doing and are just a name. But, but it makes me really glad that the Flyers hired Elaine Vigneault oh, yeah, when they no, did. It's, yeah, because especially because knowing that they could have delved into – and the devil, it's not like there's no options. The other three options here – or the two of the other options are Gerard Gallant and Pia Laviolette, which are, again, fine options. I really hope they don't go with I don't, them, I don't especially want Gallant. Like, I yeah. think Gallant's actually a good coach who – just keeps finding himself getting fired in weird ways. Yeah, no, he's 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 a great coach, but it seems like his best skill is getting fired for illogical reasons or getting fired he's in shitty ways. So he's a great coach, but nobody wants to give him cash. <laughs> That's and you know what, Jersey. I'm sure there's Ubers all around, so he could probably avoid that. And you know, New Jersey is pretty much just the armpit of New York, so he he practically in New York. You know, that'd probably be what's going on there. But again, I don't want to line. Uh, I don't want Gallant, and I really don't, really don't want Laviolette in New Jersey too. I think Laviolette, though, I would be more scared that they actually have more like offensive firepower. Gallant, I feel like he can make a team into something without a lot going on, like I, Barry Trot style. Yeah, kind of Barry Trot. Like his system dictates the success of the team more than they need. You know, these many scores, these many responsible defensemen, and all this kind of crap. So just giving them any team in the division, I feel like is not a Maybe not the most ideal. Uh, you know, it kind of feel like a, a Rivera to the Redskins type of deal. Like, I feel like Ron Rivera is a halfway decent coach. And you know the Redskins are a dumpster fire, but it still doesn't feel great that he's going there. Like, you would assume the dumpster fire outweighs how much of an impact the coach would have, but you still don't even want to but see But you don't it. want to take the chance. Yeah, you don't even want to see it walk out, so, or uh, play out. So, uh. But John Stevens is just like, sure, yeah, go ahead and hire him. Like, there are other choices, and the Devils like, yeah, you, what about John Stevens? You guys got a feeling on John Stevens? Let's look at that guy. The most, like, emotionless head coach with minimal head coaching experience over the last decade. Let's see if we can throw him in there. So that's, if you were wondering who you want to become the uh, Devils' next head coach, you now have that. And, uh, Steve, uh, did you want to do this fuck addendum? What were your thoughts on that? you just want to skip it? I think we're going to skip it because right. we'll talk about it on the next hook. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we can do that. And you guys will see what we're talking about. Uh, uh, listen to Fly Purbly Under Quarantine this week. We broke down the Flyers' uh, all-time playoff team, at least in our humblest, most humble opinions. And uh, it was a good time. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was a pretty good time. It was a long ep. So if you're one of those people that likes those long eps, uh, you know, 
go check it out. Uh, I did also a two hour baby. Yeah, that was it was a, it was a hefty one. Uh, I did want to also point out that last week somebody did bring up the fact of uh, I already forget her name the bachelorette that turned out to be racist because she was dropping n bombs on Instagram live. Uh, that bad. Craig, you're not going to believe this. Her name was Hannah. Oh well, there you go. Because everybody on that goddamn <laughs> show is named Hannah. Yeah, so. Uh, Bachelorette Hannah number one. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Lambs Hockey Trash at Anarch Anarcho Hockey. Am I Steve? Am I doing this right? Does any of that? Does it look like I botched any of that? Too bad. Or is that sounds fine? To okay. Me, so shout out to that guy for pointing out that she was racist. We got the mention on last week. That was the batch update. Uh, hopefully we'll get more of these uh, coming along. If uh, you know my brother wants to do anything, or if uh, they throw out some more uh, apps going on, but it's pretty much you know. But people want Ian to write stuff for us to say. Oh, I, that's the arcade of success, is we take the writing out of it. <laughs> the writing out of it. There's writing to the show, I think, is what makes this important. <laughs> we take the literacy out of it. I would like to say the outline takes a little bit of time to put together. I do want to point that out. But it is the, we don't have anything fucking planned. Yeah, this is all and just numbers and stats and shit. So, uh, yeah, Ian, if you, you know, if you, uh, you want to quit dicking around and just working a job during uh, the quarantine, that'd be great if you want to start writing us some content, too. So, uh, love your big bro. Uh, now, the big story of the day uh, was this uh, the lightning video. <laughs> and we, we've we got to talk about it, not only because that video is great. I think Anthony Stewart showed an even better video, in my opinion, which made me lose my mind. And I don't know... I started watching it, and we're going to do... I think you're going to have to watch Craig's favorite bit, oh, Steve yeah. watches the thing. And it's going to be great, because before you watch it, and I need you to watch it, because I think the best point to tell it is like three seconds into the video. After... I saw that far. Oh, okay. I, we'll, we'll have a... Don't worry. So I'll, let's, I'll let's talk about the lightning video, first of all. I thought it was great. I liked it. The, first of all, film oh, has it a... Oh, great. Like, this is the fun hockey content that we all crave. Like... This is the sport not taking itself too seriously. It is uh, the news team assembling kind of thing. Yes, like, yes, it is, yeah, that's exactly It's great, to. and it shows enthusiasm for the sport. And uh, honestly, my biggest worry with this whole playoff thing was that we were forcing these guys into it because a couple of guys have come forward, like Drew Doughty, not that anybody asked him because the Kings aren't going to be able to do this, <laughs> and like Radko Gudis, who is very much in the thick of it. Like, those guys didn't want to do it. So, it, it, yeah. you know, it doesn't feel great to be dragging these guys kicking and screaming into playing but it's um it is nice you know as somebody who's enthusiastic for the game and wants to see this playoff format happen and see the cup lifted this year uh to see these guys have this enthusiasm for it and it's very reminiscent it's it's the news team assembling from anchorman it's the the mighty ducks gathering back together yeah. on the rollerblades and everything yeah and also yeah the like just assembling the team and calling each other and then fucking thin lazy blaring in the background and also just i do want to like everything i don't know if it's because it's Braden coburn but everything about the Braden coburn part cracked me up first of all he's wearing like a flannel vest with no shirt out in the woods just chopping a piece of wood and his nickname is kobayashi i believe is what his nickname was <laughs> yes so like i would have thought that Braden coburn's nickname would be Co- like the first couple nicknames, you're just like, okay, run-of-the-mill hockey nicknames. And then, all of a sudden, like, they start to get better and better. And you're They like, got better, yeah. They got a lot better. And then, it, by the time it gets to Kobayashi, you're like, holy shit! Yeah, so I, I think we should... Let's read off these nicknames in order. Because I think you're right, they do get better. Uh, so, Steven Stamkos is Stammer. There you go, nice. <sighs> just get it out of the way. You know, they, it's, sure. we gotta do it, yeah. 
Ouch. That is a hockey nickname right there. Yeah. Jonesy and Riley over here. <laughs> Forecheck, backcheck, paycheck. Uh, Alex Kalorn is killer, which... I actually like that. Yeah, that's, that's the cool. only variation of adding ER to the end where it works. But yeah, it's one of the few situations where it, like that doesn't... That's good. Like, just do that yeah. with it. Yeah. Uh, Andre Vasileski is Big Cat. Thoroughly enjoyed that nickname. Also... Big Cat is a good goalie nickname. I, I think I'm one of the the floor hockey teams I used to be on, we called the goalie. <laughs> also just reminds me of Garfield, who is one of my, one of my heroes, but also I just, I think Fazaletti might be doing, he might be uh, like his bit is maybe my favorite in the video too, because he's just sitting on a talk, like sitting on a dock, hammering out uh concentration curls, talking to himself. And like, they find him to bring him back to Like he's just talking to himself while doing a bicep curl. They're like, all right. Sitting on the Dr. Winrips. <laughs> but also, I just, you know, Vasilevsky uh, seems kind of like a guy who would not be doing that. So they, they nailed that. But, okay. Oh, I was shocked. It was it, That was great. So big cat for him. Anthony Sorelli, who uh, nickname is Rocco. I also enjoyed his throwing down of the drinks. I thought it would have been funnier if he just flipped over the tray. But, you know, the, you know, the minor points. But uh, so Rocco. Rocco's hockey life. Rocco. Rocco's hockey life. life. That's a... I get that reference. 90s kids will get is that reference. That, <laughs> that... I read a whole BuzzFeed article now. <laughs> 23 things uh, millennials don't understand about Rocco's modern life. Is that streaming anywhere? I need to I need to get my Rocco's so. though. It might be on Netflix. I feel like it might It might be on... I think it might be on the Hulu. Netflix had actually a Rocco movie like last year, which is weird. What? I'm going to have so much like random shit i got to catch up on now. Gotta watch. Uh, I gotta rewatch The Office again because it's been a couple months. Uh, apparently, I got this movie now. Uh, I still gotta watch the Breaking Bad movie. Oh uh, yeah, get on the Breaking Bad movie. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened. Like I've for some reason I've stopped paying attention. Like, but please, please let me know. Yeah, you, you and you got this know, latest season. I, of Better Call Saul was fantastic. It was I, amazing. Uh, please let me know when you watch El Camino though, because there is something. I need to discuss with you that I refuse to ruin for you. Oh, shit. Okay, this sounds like I might have to do this by next week now. Well, it's like, this one's a funny thing, like, that makes it, like, I need to discuss it with you, but it's it's very good, but there's something that's very funny in it that I need to talk about with you. All right, that's fair, yeah. All right, I'll do that. I'll watch El Camino by next week. Uh, I'll get that down, but I do want to watch it too, so... Uh, Getting back to these nicknames, very serious business. Uh, Cirelli, uh, Anthony Cirelli was Rocco. Mikhail Sergachev. Now his nickname was Sugar. I kind of like it. That is a funny nickname to me for an NHL player. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and I also, Sugar. yeah, I also lo- I liked how he was just, you know, oh, in the middle, honey, honey, middle macro, and then he just got out of that situation. Real quick. I- I'm yeah, just I'm glad I've gotten, I've gotten songs out of the last like three. Or four guys. <laughs> well, no, Sugar's good because again, it's not like they don't call him like Serger or something, Chevy. Yeah. Actually, Chevy wouldn't be bad. No, but no. Again, in this situation, it would make sense. But you see how they got the sugar, and it is a fu- like. There's no, there's no reason why you should be nicknamed Sugar, but it's funny. That's why this is a good nickname. Hockey culture. So, so, sweet. Uh, so then uh, you got Sugar for Mikhail Sergachev, Braden Coburn, as we said, was Gobiashi, uh, and then um, Eric Cernak as Drago. 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 Jesus. Yeah. So, I'm always a fan of calling somebody Drago. That's a good time. That is a good one. And so you want to do a quick ranking of these? Yeah, yeah, honestly, and looking at it, 
it might just be. It's almost in order. Yeah, I was gonna say just reverse order. So you just read back the name. So draft well, my back. number my number one is Kobayashi. Okay. I I, I don't. Why is Braden Coburn called Kobayashi? Does he eat a lot now, of hot dogs? I don't. I think. Did he get traded for Kyle Kendrick? So here's my here's my line of thinking because I don't. I'm pretty sure this is the first time I've seen it. But if he goes by Kobe, because of Coburn, Kobe like C O B Y, and Kobe would be a very hockey nickname to give him. Kobayashi would be a funny extension of that. I love it. That's oh, great. I love it. And I wish if they... again, it makes me think of Braden Coburn eating a shit ton of hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, just how, just giving Joey like, Chestnut a run for his money. Yeah, I know. Just dunking him in that water and swallowing him whole. Yeah, just those days when we're watching the hot dog eating contest on the Fourth of July, and we're all you know there in person saluting the winner of the hot dog eating contest. I want to see Braden Coburn up there. So that's uh, I think it's a good nickname. I think that's what we need to do. Is the names where they decided to do the er or y thing is just figure out a funnier extension of the like Cobra and the Kobe, and then what would be a funny nickname for Kobe? It'd be Kobayashi. So I think we just go with that. Uh, but so you so Kobayashi's first. I, to me, second is Drago or Sugar. Yeah, that's a tough one. And I would have to. My thing is, I, I lean Drago, and then the rest of it's just in reverse order. Because I would put sugar above Rocco. Then that... Yeah, I, I I would definitely go with sugar above Rocco. I mean, unless... so if you okay, so we're going Kobayashi, Drago, sugar, Rocco. I think I go with Big Cat above Rocco. Yeah, I mean, I think actually I like Killer. I was gonna a lot. say is Killer I... second to last? Like I don't know if it should be second to last. No, I think actually you know what? All right, Kobayashi. First number and... one with a bullet, no doubt. Like that's number, number one. one with a bullet. And then are we going Drago second? I mean, on sugar. Now, I think we. I kind of like killer. I was gonna say I think we should throw killer into this uh, three-headed, you know, this uh, this troika discussion right here. Uh, get this it. troika discussion. <laughs> Can we just take like the term triage out and just replace it with troika? <laughs> yeah. This uh, we'll go with this uh, this trio right here, this troika. Yeah, I like it. Um, but no, killer is a good. It's a good genuine too. Genuine one too. I think like that. You know, I, I don't know. I think uh, I'm still. I think I might go Killer second here. Actually, I'm in. I'm I'm, I like it a lot. I think Killer's the only good ER nickname there because, again, it just it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's the rare situation where it actually works, which I feel like you don't you don't see these days. It just doesn't happen. Uh, and then, I mean, to me, it comes down to uh, Draco or uh, yeah, Draco and Sugar. I would put yeah. I would put yeah. Rocco's second to last. Stammer's last in a big way. Stammer's last with a bullet. I like Big Cat because it's funny to me. Yeah. Like that. I don't know. Uh, I think the ranking is accurate, and I approve. Yeah. All right. Stamp seal of approval. Right, so there you go. So uh, whoever wants to go back and listen to what we just said right there, that is our ranking. And then <laughs> I want to talk about. It's very official. Matters very much. Yeah, please let us know. I do. I, I need one of these where Gritty is picking up all the flyers in a van, old school style, from Metallica. <laughs> or to go make the donuts. Like, something like that. I want to see, yeah. Like, <laughs> I want Gritty to drive up to Kevin Hayes' house and hear, Old school Master of Puppets it? <laughs> yeah, I want Gritty to pull up Master of Puppets blaring, and he picks up Kevin Hayes, and he's like, all right, let's go get G. And then I want to see Matt Niskanen grab the groceries of some old lady in the parking lot and just throw them down and yell in her face. That's what I need. That's what I need from the old school tribute. So I think that, I think that's doable. 
It's very doable, yes. I want to say, though, this was not the best video I saw related to a, a Florida-based hockey team today because Anthony Stewart released a pre-game video. You know how they always show like the videos of like the players doing whatever and then random players on that starting roster. So I don't know what year it was on the Panthers. I didn't even look it up. I was too busy just in amazement at some of the players that are on this team because I feel like it was yeah. the best combination of just – New players at the time that we did not know were going to have weird-ass careers, and then just dudes I forgot were there. And yeah, Phil Garrett, 12, Phil, friend of the show, sending this over our way. And Oh, yeah? Okay. Oh, did, oh, did you not? Okay. Well, Phil sent it over to the Fly Perfectly account, so. Okay. Hell yeah. Um, that's where I saw it via, and shout out to Phil. Uh, always friend of the show? Friend of yeah. the show. Friend, friend of, true friend of Actual the show. Actual friend of the show. <laughs> yeah. So I'm queuing this thing up, and I've only seen the first few seconds, so... It starts up with an SUV, and this is early 2000s is what Phil said in his description. And a panther comes out of that SUV, uh-huh. an actual panther, and then it morphs into a man. And that man is none other <laughs> than Oliyoko. Now. And then he's got cat eyes thriller style. Now, okay, so that's my thing is because the, the quality is so bad, I can't tell if that's like a watching through it once or twice, I really couldn't tell if that was like a real, if that was actually him or they did like an animated thing for his close up there. No, it was cat eyes. Okay. So that's the big thing. Okay. So that's how the video starts. And it's like thriller style. And then he nods at Alex all Alex, Ault. who looks exactly <laughs> like Ole Jokinen. Like they're both bald Alex and Ault. hockey players. They look exactly the in same. In the hotel or casino lobby where he is just, you know, spin his game. And then, I mean, once you see Ole Jokinen walk in saying it's time, you, you better get up and start moving. So that's what oh, I would call You know it. it. You know it. And then they nod over at Blue Jackets MVP, Nathan Horton. Nathan Horton. Yeah. Good old, uh, yeah. So Aaron Rome had no say in the production of this video, and I'll, that's a reference nobody's going to get. And also, just like, yes, yeah, so this was this was before all of his craziness with the Blue Jackets contract and going getting traded a bunch of times because of how bad his contract became and career-ending injury and all this stuff. So yeah, just Nathan Horner was not somebody I was thinking of or like remembering of those like old Panthers teams. So that that got me. Well. And then they're gonna then get the, like the then best. they're gonna get the best member of the team, Martin Jelenas. Jelenas, yeah. It was just like a white guy in a shirt. That is Martin Jelenas, a collared shirt. If I get who we got now, who we got now, we got Ed, Ed Belfour, Eddie the yeah, Eagle, Eddie the Eagle at a bar. Probably not the best place, you know, for in the bay. Oh man, who's paying piano for a crowd? Who is this? Who is it? Oh, he's doing the little come come with me. It's Tom Bertuzzi. Oh no, one of the worst hitters in NHL history. Yeah. Tom Bertuzzi, the hitting those keys, yeah, and uh... hitting those keys like he hit oh, illegally no. hit other oh, NHLers. No. Oh, who we got playing pool? That's Joe Newendike. Yep, yeah, yeah, it's literally like God. Damn it! I forgot that all these dudes were on one team great. at one point. This though. is this is gold. Oh, who's who's he getting now? Who's he getting? The rest now? of the names are great. Or we get Mike Van Ryn. Yeah, Mike Van Ryn. Uh, Brian Two Allen beans. and Stephen Weiss. Who's playing foosball? Like that's Brian Allen. I I don't know who that is. Exactly, just the defenseman that was not that great in Florida. And then, oh my God, St- Stephen Weiss being remember for years it was rumored the Flyers are going to get Stephen Weiss. Oh, He's yeah. going to be a fourth line center, and they're going to overpay for him. Yeah, he was. Oh uh, man, the graphics in this thing are terrible. They are like, <laughs> they're like Xeno Warrior Princess level graphics. <laughs> that's why I was like, that's why at the at the beginning of the video, I legit couldn't tell. I was like, did they just like make this like a fucking AI version of Ali Okunin, or is this actually him? 
and then throughout the video you can tell it's him but at first i was like this doesn't actually it must be the cat eyes that got me the cat eyes are are so good i just enjoyed it's the the thriller effect it is like basically exactly what michael jackson (laughs) gives at the end of thriller oh by the way it's worth noting that all this goes on with a fucking awesome rendition of non-points in the air tonight that which yeah you recognize that title because that is the cover of phil collins famous song but some shitty speaking of shitty rock bands from like the 2000s non-point was like Look at that. And that's when the cat eyes come out. It's like if the entire song was just the drum solo. Yeah, pretty much. Like, uh... Jesus like it's, it's one of those things that completely misses the point. <laughs> the reason the drum solo is so good is because up until that point in the song, it's, you know, pretty slow. Yeah. And then it's like, holy, yeah! Yeah. I'm fucking going overdrive here with that. Oh. Apparently... But then, like... That's like, no, it's going to be the whole song. It's just going to be up-tempo. And then let's just listen to the sound of silence by Disturbed now. Let's do it. I was going to say, I did like non-points approach of like, oh, the best point of that song was the build-up to the drum solo. Why not just fucking do that four times? People will eat this shit up. And that's what, and they made that a song. So shout out to them. Now, please cool, get Disturbed. Cool stuff. I, you better be playing Disturbed. I want to get the sound of silence. We're going to listen to... We're not listening to that right now. <laughs> okay, fine. Oh, Don't get put wrong with that. <laughs> a song, but it's just the oh wah ah ah sound for if he, three and a half minutes. If they did the acoustic version of that, I think I would listen. I think I get it. Like, like MTV Unplugged? Yeah. <laughs> MTV Unplugged Disturbed? <laughs> oh wah ah ah I guess it is a good, you know, I guess MTV did cut it off at a certain point. Because I do think... Get up, come I wanna get s- down with the sickness. That's like the Richard Cheese version or something. Oh, man, we're, I'm old. I want to say that, like, Puddle of Mud had an acoustic album, like an MTV. Yeah, like oh. an MTV Unplugged history. Jesus I think there's a couple Christ. bad ones in there. That's a bad fucking band. And then they probably just stopped making them because they were like, oh, yeah, nobody's paying attention to these because they did stuff. Like, I think that's what happened. Again, I don't know. Gang, if we could just forget most of the music from the early 2000s. <laughs> We would be better on off it. as a society. Yeah, I I think I'm fine with that. I mean, you know, Evanescence is fine every once in a while. Wake me up, wake me up. Yeah, they had some songs from the Daredevil soundtrack. <laughs> from the Daredevil, so- I mean, uh, that is where Nickelback originated, though. So I guess you can't, you know, take it all away because Nickelback. We're gonna do. Now. I'm very excited for the Fly Purbly, where we just break down. Movie soundtracks from the early 2000s. <laughs> Nickel, was... Let's talk about the Spider-Man soundtrack where the Nickelback guy and one of the other <laughs> shitty bands got together and made a song about heroes. <laughs> uh, Default probably has a song somewhere on there. Oof. There's some Jesus. other shitty bands from the 2000s that probably have songs just scattered all over the place. Smile, Empty Soul, Cold. These are the bands. These are the bands we want to hear. I remember Cold. I, I remember Stupid Girl. That was her one song, wasn't that? Stupid. It was good. It was good. I don't know if it went like that. <laughs> oh, no. I was thinking of Garbage, which oh, is a better another, song. That's, that's actually a good song. That is, yeah, and actually a good song named Stupid Girl. And we're going to, we're just going to, and before we wrap it all up, we're just going to look up who was the other guy on the Spider-Man Heroes song with Chad Kroger from Nickelback. Everybody, every Flyers favorite band. I think band. it might just Never be... forget that the Flyers got on stage with Nickelback. Scott Hartnell. I think if we're being honest, with, Claude Giroux. With it was saliva. Oh, 
Saliva actually did make that song. It was Saliva and Nickelback. Okay, so if we want to talk about... Chad Kroger featuring Josie Scott from Saliva. A super band. I, a super I band. I think that's it's, it. Uh, it's a real traveling Wilbury. Speaking of so, Saliva, by the way, did not come oh up in our God. bands from the 2000s that we should forget, which, uh, I mean, yeah, let me remind you to forget about them. So there you go. There's a click, click, boom. And watching us. And that's uh, pretty much it. So. Oh, God. Uh, I got hefty. Wait, big um, time. I, I can't. I can't believe I'm gonna continue this conversation. I really don't. No, no, want please to. do. Yeah. I googled the fucking guy from Saliva. Oh yeah, you did. His full name is Joseph Scott Sappington, which is incredibly close to the lead singer from Creed, <laughs> Scott Stapp. Are they all just the same person? It's just Scott Stapp, just entire early 2000s rock, and that's it? At this point in time, I'm going with it. I think that's the thing oh that would make God. 2000s rock most exciting to me. Oh, is my that... God. It's like I'm trapped in my own prison. All right. <laughs> we got it. Let's go around the league and get out of here. Around the league. All right, everybody focus. It's a long one. Uh, Eisman came out and said Jeff Blazel will remain the Detroit Red Wings head coach for the 2020-21 uh, season. And also, Buffalo oh only came. Why not? Uh, the Pagulas came out and announced this week that GM Jason Botterill will return uh, next season. And uh, why not? We uh, we might end up. Uh, there's a lot of stuff with uh, Jack Eichel today. Pretty much talking about how he hates losing and uh, just a little fun <laughs> update for everybody out there. He plays for those. I papers. actually know. So. I know an organization that also hates losing. An owner <laughs> that hates losing, where Jack Eichel could go, and it's a perfect marriage. The Carolina Hurricanes. Their owner hates losing. Thomas Dunn. I'll tell you, he just he can't stand it. So that's why. Uh, but. Jack Eichel, my God. Like, I would take Jack Eichel on the fly. I also can't blame him. Like, I can't blame him because Buffalo is a piss poor Yeah, I, I don't know why people like, are dunking on him. He's so fucking... But at the same time, like, he, I don't know. I think people are dunking on him because hockey players just don't do this. Yeah, and he's had other... Like, he was linked to um, uh, Murray getting fired, their other GM, and a couple other... Like, another head coach getting fired. Or Bosma getting fired. Like, he was... People were like, oh, Eichel's pulling the strings there. But at the same time, what has happened from, you know, those firings to now? Nothing's fucking happened, and Eichel's still tearing up the league. So maybe if he just had some players around him, the Sabres would actually fucking do something. So, like, I get, like, you know, everyone wants to slam on him and shit, but if he got traded to the Flyers, or if he got traded to an actual team that has other pieces, if he went to the fucking Panthers, it would be a cup threat right now. Or if he went to any other team in the Eastern Conference, he'd probably be a lot better off. So I like Sabres just fucking suck. This is what the Sabres keep doing, and I think Sabres fans are tired of it too. I don't know if not, he's not going to get fucking traded. I don't think. Of course, he they're tired of it. What are their options? The Bills, Dave and Buster's. That's, that's more it. snow. Yeah, there's not a lot going. Not a lot going up there, but no. yeah. So uh, I mean, yeah, I think Sabres. Yeah, they're getting tired of the being I, the Sabres. Yeah, the Sabres have sucked for a while. <laughs> going on a. Uh, Again, the Flyers ended their dreams their last like cup window, which would have been 2011. Technically, would have been a cup window. So, yeah, ten years ago now. Brett Hall. Brett Hall. Yeah, just think about Brett Hall, Sabres fans. That's all you got to do. We get we get in a good amount of shots at uh, the Brett Hall goal a lot for a Flyers Patrick bucket. I think about that a lot because the crease rule was garbage, and I celebrated <laughs> it ending on that controversial yeah, goal that should great. not have been controversial. I was laughing because there's nothing illegal about it. Except for the fact that his skate was in the crease, and it was an absurd rule, and I was so happy that was the end of it. Yeah. No, I'm, it, it, unfortunately, in the most NHL fashion ever, it needed something that cost somebody, like, a huge playoff game for him to be like, yeah. all right, we shouldn't do this anymore. But and again, like, you can't even feel bad for Hasha because he did win his cup, so yeah. whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, and also Buffalo didn't deserve that. I, I mean, I think, yeah, like no, nobody remembers the skaters on that team. They, they weren't great. Miroslav Satan. That's, I think, literally it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's around the league. That's our podcast. Uh, there's, uh, you know, sounds like the league's uh, getting back. You, went, you yeah. went for a full Jay Leno. Day, so. <laughs> you see that? Uh, the, the league might start playing again soon. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens. Yeah, they, uh, so, Steve, you think they're actually going to get, you think they're actually going to have training camps in mid-July? Like, do you think it's actually? Craig, I'm going to, this is crazy, but I am the optimistic person here. I think it's going to happen, and I think it's going to be great. Okay. Like, I really, I'm really looking forward to it. I know some people are very hesitant about this format. They're hesitant about the whole idea. I, I really want this to happen. I really want to see this, and I think it's an exciting idea. Honestly, I, I am because I think I like big tournaments. I like the and I like the like crazy tournament idea. I don't know. I I like it, but again. I, I can totally see the skepticism in it actually happening. There are a lot of hurdles to overcome. That's my thing. Uh, we will be here every week talking about it, though. Still, twice a week, fly hyperbole. We are going to continue doing fly hyperbole under quarantine. We are going to continue I guess doing I, this show. I guess I'm not Nothing will stop us. Opinion, yeah, I, I, we don't need to hear what I. You know, that's fine. What is your opinion? No, no it's fine. Go ahead. Right off the fucking, you know, go ahead, Steve. It's fine. I, I, you know, we barely talked about hockey at all in this podcast. That's all I want to say. Craig, what's your opinion? I like it. All right, you can. I mean, that was it. No, <laughs> you have other things. My 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 thing was just going to be pretty much what you alluded to. Of like, uh, I want to see the tournament too. I just think something dumb's going to happen. Like, they're just going to get a bunch of positive tests and be like, all right, they can still play. And then like, there's there's going to be a huge red flag before the training camps in July. I think. But we'll see. Hopefully I'm fucking wrong. You think they're going to treat it just like the mumps. I think that's where I'm leaning. And then I think it's going to become a whole dumb PR thing with the league. And I think they're going to try and play games through it. And that's going to get weird and ugly. But listen, hockey players are tougher. That's a key thing we're forgetting here. Guys, obviously we know hockey players are not tough enough to overcome. There are real people. COVID, yeah, that is not even something. They are real people. We are just joking around. Yeah, so just in case. Anybody, <laughs> if somebody's <laughs> listening to this we'll podcast in fifth hour... And isn't aware of that. I I, I think they're listening to the somebody podcast, somebody who started this podcast tomorrow morning and fell asleep at their desk and is waking up Friday afternoon. And they're like, "Wait a minute, what did you just say?" Yeah, those people. All right, congrats. This is uh, this is something that could feasibly happen because <laughs> yeah. we are close to two hours at this I, point. We did a two-hour podcast earlier this week. But again, I mean, like, I how could you not get pumped about a possible? Because again, the rest of us are still probably going to be dealing with quarantine or lockdown issues or whatever so if you tell me from noon to midnight like there are gonna be days the flyers don't play you can just wake up start drinking from noon to midnight there you go that's what you do and just, just pump watch in noise pump, in, pump in noise from the entire bsh radio crew there you go oh my god that'd be great we should do that that's another way to it, add. It's a no-brainer over the loudspeakers. There's no way to add. You can yeah, heckle yeah. everybody, and yeah, it's, it's a win-win-win-win-win. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, that was my opinion, by the way. Thank you for letting me get it in. Uh, that's I'm, why I love this I'm podcast. I'm glad you've finally but been allowed to talk your two cents. Yeah, we're both allowed to share our opinions, and we like talking to each other, and that's, you know, you know, that's... What makes you... I'm gonna throw my headphones. I'm so frustrated with you. No, take it easy. All right. Well, let's. That's what adults do. Let the lay let the lay people know what uh you know what what how they can reach out to us and what how else they can read our, our tangy town and whatnot. 
Folks, if you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yep, had that. Uh, last week was Underdog uh, Week at SB Nations. And actually, I put out a, uh article this week about Underdogs uh, in Flyers history. It's like the six best uh, undrafted players in Flyers history. Go and read that. And then, again, uh, I am going to try and pound out this article about uh, how the Flyers haven't made me cry. Because uh, they've sucked too bad and haven't won a ch- uh, Stanley Cup. So once they do that, I will actually cry. Uh, until then. See, they, they make me cry by being bad. Yeah, see, and I'm used to the bad. And, you know, life's taught me to, you know, embrace for disappointment. So I'm, that's not going to make me cry. But thinking, seeing it finally all come together and them doing it and realizing it actually happened, it will actually, yeah, yeah I think it will do it. You know, dad feelings, you know, all that bullshit. So that will come into play. So it will definitely, definitely break down. But they haven't done it yet. So uh, I'll be writing about that. Look for that tomorrow, today, when you're listening. <laughs> Yesterday, if you uh, listen to this on Saturday. And two days ago on Sunday. Time doesn't matter. Look for it.com. <laughs> <laughs> Time is a, a flat circle. Yeah, yeah, we've and, lost that a meaningless that. concept at this point. Yeah, ever since the uh, season pause, we've lost that on time. It just doesn't matter. It's crazy. It's a crazy world it we live in. It does not matter. It is a crazy world. All right, folks. Uh, you can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. You can reach me at Flyperbole or at Estebaum, but make it fly preferably for all of your hockey needs. Follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey, and be sure to uh, follow us on Facebook or whatever social media you like. Rate, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. You get the gist. Yada, yada, yada. That's the podcast. (laughs) Wash your hands. Stay safe. Keep your social distance. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, good night and good hockey. Wow is fly purbly it is a podcast about hockey mostly the flyers but also other hockey things like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey steve but not steve hartnell and craig but not craig ruby no this isn't all those hockey guys these are the guys who watch the hockey sport yeah Fly, 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 fly,